Connors T, how are ye? Welcome to Candlelit Tales podcast. Our by now annual Samhain set of stories. I am so sorry that I wrote that because I had no idea that it was going to result in 10 minutes. Of me trying to say biannual. Biannual now. By now annual something. Now by annual. Oh my God. It was very funny. It wasn't wasn't great. Anyway, hello and welcome to Candle Tales podcast. We're now starting a new series and it will be all about sewing stories. We've done this before and we're doing it it again. It is by now annual. God, jeez, don't even even get (laughs) it. I'm sorry, but it is. It is. Like, we've been doing this every year, which is the point. And I just wanted to find a quick way of saying that in the intro so that we didn't spend a long time saying that we're doing this every year. Also, you know, if you want to listen to more stories, you can go to the YouTube playlist. Where we have a playlist. We do have a playlist. And or you can look up Samhain on our, like, it, they're all tagged as Samhain. They're all Samhain stories. Yeah. So there's probably a way of making a playlist of that for yourself on the podcast app of your choice and convenience and preference. Absolutely. So we've stories. loads going on at the moment, guys. Uh, we're very happy that we've loads going on. Are uh, we? I'm terrified. <laughs> no, we are. I mean, look, we get to play with stories and that's the world in which we are living in and working within. Yes. And the biggest thing we're working on at the moment, this month being the lead up to Halloween, is we're working with the uh, Puka Festival, which is the trying to make everybody aware that Halloween started in uh, Ireland, in, on Iahauna and yes. specifically so in-, in Meath. Yeah, and so I think that's that's kind of a uh, a little bit of a, I guess a misconception around the world that that Halloween, as we are aware of it and as we know it, sort of globally, is seen as being an American thing sure. with the jack o' lanterns and the trick or treating, but actually a lot of those traditions come from Ireland, and Absolutely. that's kind of what Puka Festival is all about is about reclaiming that. And then they decided that Samhain was too hard to say. So that it, they called it Puka Festival instead of Samhain Festival, which is cool. It is cool because Puka... Samhain, when people say it wrong, does give me the rage. Samhain? No. I, I watched a TV show once and it was an American one where like it was it was tracing it back to being a Celtic demon named Samhain. And they had to like call his name in order to banish him. And I was like, he wouldn't fucking answer you. What? It would be like somebody calling me Searsha. I just wouldn't clock that as my name at all and would just be like nope that's I wouldn't even take offence I would just assume you were talking to somebody somebody, somebody named else. Sam that was over there in the Hain whatever the fuck a Hain well, whatever is whatever Hain is um, yeah. so yeah it was very funny anyway um, well it kind of lines up with I guess our ethos in this podcast and this company of you know kind yeah, of tales. bringing those stories back and being you know finding out that there's a connection to land and place and also cultural uh, significance and a lot of wisdom that's there and a lot of crack and fun and festivity uh, within them. so that's what this festival is, is trying to do as well and we're very lucky and delighted to be Don't Drop Stuff uh, on the podcast because people can hear it I wonder what the fuck that was yeah but they can watch on YouTube and they can see that I dropped a thing they can, they can. It was off screen. Um, it was off screen, so you can't see it. Or maybe it didn't quite get it low enough. It's fine. It's fine. We've got a lot of headspace and you can see our beautiful logos, which are stuck to the Shafis wall. Oh, no. Now you're now you just got a hand. Now you just got a hand. I that, told you that, that this is now being used. Ta-da. My phone is being used, which is the not as good phone. It's because I dropped my phone last week and it broke. It broke <laughs> so <laughs> aggressively. It was personal. Oh man! That phone was mad at you. It was, I, no, and it just went ka-tsh, and then purple. And then my, my my new substitute phone is angry at me. 
We just spent 10 minutes trying to get it off talk back mode. It wouldn't stop talking back at me. <laughs> it wouldn't stop yelling at her and it was on mute. I had to it leave. It was very upset. I had to leave. You did. I had to turn it off talk back because I still found it funny. It was It was haunted. It was a haunted phone. It was a haunted spirit in the phone. Your phones stop. are haunted and angry with you. Yeah. Is what I'm taking away from all of this. So speaking of haunted stuff, we're going to be doing two... Uh, so I guess this is the lead up to what we're doing in the podcast. Yes, we should and talk about that because if you want to know about what we're doing in Puka and what we're doing in November, go check out our website and the Puka website respectively. Yeah, because we have a live show in uh, the Sugar Club as well in Dublin, which I'm really, really excited about. And we're getting messages from people who haven't seen us before who are very excited to see us in person. Yeah, you should, come see us, you, should, you should come see us in person. It's great. It's, it's great. really good fun. It's very different to the podcast. It's very different to the podcast. We just have to crack and tell people stories. And it's and great. get people roaring. Usually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. we might do that in the sugar club. That'd oh, be fun. Um, although the last time we did that, we may or may not have brought about this. the. We talked about, you know, burning down the old and releasing a lot of energy for the new, and how that was maybe a risky thing to do. And asked if everyone wanted to shout for it anyway, and they did. And then there was a pandemic, but that had already started. Frankly, yeah, I guess is my feeling on that. Yeah, we, we, we may or may not have brought about. The- I don't think we brought about the apocalypse. I think the apocalypse is already happening yeah. and we maybe helped direct it in a positive direction for Ireland. Yeah, Because in fairness, didn't handle it too badly here, I don't think. No, not too badly. Yeah. Sorry. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. Condolences, um, America. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, like, I condolences. It was That, that seemed real bad. And China. And, and a lot of places. A lot of places. A lot of India. places. I mean, like, Condolences, a lot of places. A lot of everything. Um, so, you know, we're going back into looking at what stories we'll be telling. And mm. we have decided to, because we got a lovely few messages on Patreon from a few of our Patreon supporters, asking us uh, and telling us that they really liked hearing about what we're going to tell, how we're going to tell it, and then insight into what we're thinking about when we're planning the stories opposed yes. to the chat back afterwards because the themes definitely don't really change as we're talking about them um, and it's nice to especially with folk tales and lump them a little bit together because there's maybe less to pull apart and we get to talk through the little themes yeah I think up. I feel like folk tales tend to be a little bit sketchier and they often are told in a way that is like very out of order to the way that would be an optimal telling so like the puka story that I'm going to tell this time is um wild because it's just kind of backwards like it it starts at the end and then ends in the middle and it's it's confusing so uh, and it was part of the you know uh, folklore collection Mm -hmm. that was made in schools in Ireland of like what are the stories your grandparents told you and it's from bloody gold and it's really cool there's a cool story in there there's a cool murder mystery thing in there when you're reading it out though it just sounds so backwards and it is. and all over the place and again it's, it's Dukas is the website it's, it's from Dukas and which is a really interesting resource if you're interested in stories that are collected around Ireland because they are this is literally the last line in this one is like I got this from my grandmother who got it when she was six from her father I don't know when she was like it's a story that some old lady heard when she was five or six and that her school aged child is now writing down for yeah. a collection a folklore archive so that's the that's that's where that comes from. Um, I'm looking it. forward to turning it into a cool murder mystery, frankly. So I guess when you're reading it out, you're getting a kind of uh, it's higgly piggly, it's all over the place. It's a story, obviously, it's 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 called the Puka of Killeen. Yeah, right? the Puka of Killeen. And it doesn't ring very true as a as well, maybe what we've talked about uh, so, as the Puka character. But then again, yes, but. 
puka is an interesting one because the puka is both a supernatural creature and is also the name that people gave to something that wasn't definably something else. Ghost, spirit. So like if it wasn't definitely a Taivsha or definitely a fairy or definitely a Fardarag or definitely a whatever the, whatever the hell else. And again, local variations. If it wasn't definitely something, it was referred to as a puka, which is why puka covers so much ground mm-hmm. and why puka is also kind of known as being a shapeshifter and something that appears in different guises because it also just is kind of a collective word. And we've, we've researched this and I think we've talked about it uh, in the podcast before. But again, just to recap on, on, on the research we, we've found out about the puka because uh, it comes in different sizes, shapes and we told a story of Piper and the puka in the podcast as well before. Yeah, in which it's definitely a, a fairy. Mm. It's one of the fairies that is like, come with me and I will take you to a party. This is wildly crooked and it's bothering no, me. it's really annoying. My desk is wildly crooked. Yeah, it's the cro- yeah we'll do that. Lovely, that's that. There we go. Okay. Um, sorry, there was a... a Just making sure that that's still recording. Surface. It, it's, it's because... I don't know if the shed is crooked or the desk is crooked or both. <laughs> so wonky. I think it might be both. But anyway. I think the desk is definitely crooked. Uh, it was upsetting to look at um, the screen. It was upsetting was that, was to look at. Anyway, I tried to fix it. Anyway, um... Apologies for those listening and not watching YouTube because that makes Because that was no all sense. visual and you don't care if there was wonky line in the thing that you're listening to with your earballs. The <laughs> not seeing with your eyeballs. Right, earballs it is. So speaking to your earballs uh, as we are, the puka in many shapes and guises can be a horse, uh, a hare, oftentimes black, long ears, golden eyes. In whatever he's an eagle in Ross Common, I think he's an eagle. Uh, Leash has him as a black hole. Um, he appears as different creatures around everywhere and in uh, uh, different shapes and different sizes, like I said. Mm-hmm. As a man, when he, he transforms, he's kind of, uh, I guess, pale, dark hair, pointed ears, perhaps, and golden eyes. Um, and then in this story, he's a barrel. Yes, the buka in this story appears as a barrel. He's a barrel. <laughs> and people see him in this haunted ass place they see a barrel and they go that is the puka that's the puka you've got a donkey puka I've got a donkey I've got a donkey which is just a donkey yeah a donkey an ass actually an ass an ass yes but an ass in the form like in in the meaning of the word ass that is donkey Uh Uh, not enough free space crud we're going to pause this we're going to pause this we're going to delete some space on my phone and then we're going to come back Okay, we're back. Uh, we're back on Aaron's phone. So there was a camera change because my camera decided, my phone decided it didn't want to delete anything. It wanted to keep everything. Anyway, so, apologies for those again listening and not watching us on YouTube. It Should have listened to my thing and used my crap phone. Um, but I was scared, scared yeah, of the Yeah, but ghost. that was when your phone was, that, phone. that was when your phone was haunted and yelling and at you. yelling at me. Continually. And so you would have been hearing a yelling phone all the time. Uh, it's fine. It's just the screen froze for a second, I think. I swear to God, I think there's actually Puka energy in this podcast and it's not wanting us to do the thing. Um, yeah. I, we've feeling, angered something, Aaron. I don't know what it is, but... Um, uh, we've definitely angered something. I don't know what it is, but the something is going on. Anyway, it seems like everything is actually going smoothly. It's just the display is happening in such a way as to freak everybody out. So, in conclusion, the Puka... Is many things, and sometimes it gets into your phone and decides to fuck with you. In so, which case, 
Hi. Sorry. Thank you. Thanks. Your story, you're going to have to work on and figure, or you've been figuring out. So you want to tell me a little bit about it? I'll tell you a little bit about the Puka of Killeen because this is the story of, um, it's the story of a murder. It's the story of a murder of a man who maybe was not a very nice man. He was a farmer and he was killed by a secret society, which I want to do a little bit of research into because it's just kind of given in the story with no context. And I want to look into like, what were secret societies in Ireland in the 1700s? There was there were around. There was something going on there. Um, Yeah, he was a guy who deserted his family um, and his family, his his first wife's uh he got remarried and he, he didn't support his kids. But his first wife had some uh, family members who were in this particular secret society. And the scuttlebutt was that, that they killed him. But the place that he was killed in was haunted in a very specific way. That was very weird. Sorry, I'm still stuck on scuttlebutt. <laughs> what? I don't know. It's funny word. It was the scuttlebutt, you know. It was the, it was the water cooler chat in 1700s Donegal. Was that mm. this guy had been? They they did a murder, mm. and 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 some stuff happened. I'm not going to go any further into that. I don't think because. Well, I I, I, I want to figure out how to structure that because yeah. the the I think the protagonist of this story is because basically this this particular haunting, uh, in the way that it went about the barrel and the noise, which were the two kind of main aspects of the haunting, went on until it was until it was dealt with by a, a local priest. Mm-hmm. So for me. I think the interesting character in that would be to take the point of view of the priest mm-hmm. and like paranormal investigating this murder and mystery. figuring out what's the source of the sound, what's going on with this murder, what is this unquiet spirit. And there's also uh, there's also a witness who witness. comes forward like years and years and years after the supposed crime who not only saw the dead man being carried away by the people who were supposed to have, mur- have murdered him, but also the day after he saw the dead man being carried away, met said dead man at the place of this weird puka haunting. So, and had a conversation with him, which is not specified. So again, I'm kind of like, I don't want to go too much into this because I haven't decided a lot of stuff yet. Because like, yeah, I don't yeah. know if I want to flesh out that conversation and actually like mm-hmm. make something up for that. Or if I want to leave it as it is in the in the kind of collected Story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, what's interesting in the collected story is that it you have a kind of a time jump, and you've information landing. It, it starts with the murder and boom, boom, boom. Um, and I guess it's yeah. If you're taking it from the, the perspective of the of the priest, you're going backwards, like from starting at him yeah. with this witness and, and working backwards. And again, the puka being not necessarily the black hair golden eyed pointed ears too but, yeah, but a spirit that's a that's a particular version of the puka yeah. is that and and like I said the important thing to remember with puka is that anything that is not specifically something else is referred to as a puka mm-hmm. so a puka is not a specific character mm. um, the version of, of the puka that is being used by the puka festival is a specific character yeah. but that is not what the like that's not reflected by all of the folklore. No. Yeah. So it's kind of important to to also remember like when we start taking like it often happens when you start taking things from mythology from folktale and kind of defining them and putting a shape on them, you end up leaving a lot out. Yeah. yeah which is yeah. fine because you kind of need to in order to explain to people what it is you're doing and why you're doing it. 
Totally. Um, and it, it it's not very helpful if you're kind of like, well, it means a lot of stuff. The you know you kind of got to be able to narrow in on the bit that I'm interested in. This bit, it, or the bit that I'm interested in is this bit, and this is the meaning of this bit, and so this is what I'm taking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the puka story that I'll be telling in this series is the uh, puka of Kildare, and the uh, he arrives as an ass to a big house, and again, it's it's worded so confusingly. At one stage, uh, in the translator, the 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 way it's written, he picks up his um, hoof hand picks the boy out of the hearth while pouring water into a pot and laying himself down for that. It doesn't, geographically it doesn't make sense in my head because I don't know what hearth, like, I don't understand. Like, it, it, it sounds like it pulls the boy out of a fire. Yeah. Anyway, it's very, it's a little confusing. So there's a bit of like... I think that's more detail that you Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's detail like, and it's wording. So there's kind of just a, a way of, I guess, looking at it that's going to be, uh, I suppose... The, the establishing area is this big manor the HR character is in re- the owner of the house isn't really named he's a squire yeah, some form he's of, literally named HR yeah. not the department in the company yeah just yeah. His, yeah. only it's, it's one of those things where like they give the initial with a line after it so it's yeah, like yeah. in the townland of Q this happened Ooh, that guy. and it's like why don't you just name I don't know anyway so there's an, a lot of Irish servants working there <clears throat> and they, they're terrified by all the clanking and banging and, and stuff going at night and lo and behold one of the servants finds out there's a, an ass coming in and uh, doing lots of stuff and as the story goes on we find out I won't give it away the ending again in terms of uh, so what what are you looking to do with this story I think is the question. So, like, I, what's what's your what's your construction that you want to put on this story? So, because it's kind of like it, it, it's so bizarrely worded and told as a kind of a. Uh, well, you got to tidy it up. Yeah, obviously tidying up, but I want I want to introduce an element of of the 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 freakiness of of those noises. What's going to actually where the the terror and the fear, and then that kind of um, uh, I guess. Everybody in the house becomes very uh, calm and relaxed, and oh, everyone sweet. is so weirdly chill with it once they find out that right, hey, there's a donkey coming in at night doing everybody's stuff. It's like everyone oh. is like cool, and and then they get very very lazy. I like that one servant who's named in it. She is literally only called the fat lazy servant, but she sounds like the smartest person in the room by a lot. Yeah, because she's the one who's like, so this donkey is coming in doing all of our jobs. You know, why are we doing our jobs then? Because it's literally double jobbing. So and honestly, I am with her. I think it's bullshit. And I want to get know, a little bit more. So in, many of us in, have had that job where you're like, I'm doing the, the thing that I'm doing is is fundamentally pointless. So I guess what I'm playing with is the fact that there's another character in there, the, the young boy who is like terrified at the start of. Um, but isn't it a different boy who comes back later? Are you going to amalgamate? I'm gonna, I think I'll amalgamate it because I think it's just clearer. Um, yeah. if it's if it's it's one boy who sees him at the start gets freaked out and then there's also a bit of an arc that he goes on watching and conversing seeing the spirit of something that is real is attached to an old human form is 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 somebody who has had a curse put on put on them essentially and the kind of the familiarity that might build up between uh, this belief yeah, in the spectre you've got, and you've got a relationship and you've got an arc then 
Yeah. And you've also got like, that is a thing that happens a lot in folktales and in fairy tales where the arc, the like the individual characters don't have an arc, but if, but like, you know, the three, the seven princesses, if you take them all as being aspects of the one person, then there is a, then there is an arc. Then there's an arc. Then yeah. there's a character arc and then there's character development. I think I'll just clean it up if I, if I, if that serving boy is the one boy. Yeah. And pay, it makes it easier yeah. for a, a modern audience to get their heads around that. I think so. And we've just also got. Flip it a little bit at the end. Uh, we've all, I'm just aware of time. Um, we've also got a couple of stories we've got a couple of extra stories you are telling a, another version of the Dark Do yes and I'll be putting up a video that I, rec- I recorded that, that one already and I've uh, put up a video or we will be putting up a video uh, onto our Patreon uh, about my headspace just before I told that story exactly how I was putting it together but you've told the Dark Do from the female perspective mm-hmm. the story of the girl who gets sold basically into uh, a, a, a loveless and a horrible and marriage. abusive marriage um, way worse than loveless loveless is fine well like initially it was like oh this is going to be loveless but then it becomes abusive and awful and torturous yeah. um, so that and you've told it from her perspective and I was just kind of thinking I, one night I was looking at the list of stories that we have and we could do and again the perspective, perspective swap of what happened what was the farm boy that was in love with the dar- the uh, that daughter what was going through his head at that time mm-hmm. when you know somebody just comes in and steals your beloved away from you and how how much was he was he really I guess at fault for his inaction how much was he trapped up in his own emotion and in his own head so I tried to get into his head a little bit about this like what happens again it's just a it's a form of trauma that uh, he was kind of probably going through not as bad as her of course but yeah but you know. it's an interesting thing as well in terms of like what actual what level of agency would he have actually had it in that situation yeah if it's like here's somebody who's vastly wealthier and more powerful than you there is no law enforcement you can call on you're not a fucking warrior yourself and you don't know the you don't know what's happening so like what what are you able to do and what you know that's that's a part of, uh, I suppose, the reasons that people don't intervene in horrifying circumstances is that, you know, they don't necessarily have all of the, like having more power than her doesn't mean that he had power yeah, in the yeah, situation. Yeah. It yeah. just means that relatively he was he had more power than she did. And yet played <coughs> by the guilt of not doing in action as well. So I kind of wanted to just play with that. And I, I decided to tell it again. We told a couple of stories last this time last year in first person I wanted yes. to go back to that style because uh, I do enjoy it and it's it's a very stream of consciousness um, I don't think no, I, just, you oh, didn't. No, I didn't no, but you yes no, I no, me. Me. yeah no I like I like I like that as well um, and, and last then, but not least you have a creepy cat story I got yeah which is actually going to be the next story that you hear on the podcast because uh, first um, but not least because uh, we went backwards because we worked backwards um, yeah the demon cat the demon cat is a story about well I actually kind of got interested because I, I recently bought a book which is a history of Ireland in a hundred words which is very cool and one of the first entries that I kind of skimmed through was about the eye and the evil eye hmm. and the kind of belief in it's almost like a belief in getting any attention at all like positive attention is bad luck like it's still a thing in Ireland that like you shouldn't compliment a baby in a lot of places because if you say oh that's a beautiful baby then like that's inviting envy and the evil eye so there's a little detail at the beginning of this story it's about a fisherman's wife who's lucky and and she starts getting visited by a demon cat and so I kind of saw the lucky thing and that pinged off the the entry I just read in the in the history of Ireland in a hundred words and I was like oh what if she's lucky and this is like an envy thing 
what if what if she's lucky like a poor fisherman's wife in Connemara who gets a little bit of a break who's known for being lucky and then starts getting haunted by this demon cat so I just kind of wanted to play with the idea of luck and envy as being like an invitation to these kinds of forces of evil and forces of darkness that, that start coming like turning up and fucking with people because hmm. it was just kind of yeah like I said it was a, it was a detail that I kind of clicked into so I'm um, gonna have a play with that and with that idea of luck and envy and like status and what that kind of means in a very poor community nice. and also the thing of you know the crab bucket it's the crab bucket the crab bucket is a metaphor for uh if you have a very like a poor community and one person starts to get ahead um because if you put crabs in a bucket uh, apparently fishmongers don't need to put crab don't need to put a lid on the bucket okay because if one crab starts climbing out the other crabs pull it down so no crab gets out of the bucket all of the crabs kind of like keep themselves in there and then all of the crabs get sold and eaten which is kind of a metaphor for how communities can work sometimes uh, in that if somebody is seen to be getting a little bit too big for their boots I get down there now you get the fuck down there now which obviously results in nobody gets uh, to kind of improve their circumstances very Irish better. thing isn't it it's an extremely Irish thing it's not exclusive to Ireland it is a it is a thing that happens in a lot of places in the yeah. world, but it is a, it is a very recognisably Irish thing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that thing of like you're getting to I knew you're you. Man. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There he is. There he is. Swan around the place. Notions. I knew him when Notions. he had no arse on his trousers. Like it's kind of you know people getting too big for their boots. Notions, etc. Um, so yeah, yeah, I thought that would be kind of an interesting thing to play with. With very, good, very good. All right, guys. So we're going to have these this story coming up next on the podcast, and we have, uh, like we said, check our stuff online website rather for the live shows, and we'll be doing quite a lot of very exciting stuff for Book Festival, including. Can I say it? Yeah, we're going to be doing a cool show in Trim Castle, which with is a very, giant crow. Very puppet. limited tickets. Very limited tickets. Giant crow puppet, which um, will be very very cool, and we're very excited about. Yes, it. And we're also cool. going to be doing storytelling in Trim, and we've also been working with the with the walking tour that's happening in Trim, and there's going to be some really cool stuff happening, in just not just Trim, also at Half Boy. Boy. Um, but uh, there's going to be like cool stuff in Puka Festival, so do check it out. There's going to be some really. Great acts, and we're very excited to be we part of it. Up at the Hill of War last weekend. We were week, up on Clockdown, which is yeah. the home of Halloween, which is where it all began way yeah. back when. That was where the fire was lit, when all of the fires in the land were put out. That yeah. was where the fire was lit, and to guide the spirits back across the veil. And you can see all the other hills and the sacred sites along Mead as well. From Indeed, the same place, which is great. We so are very so bad at knowing which one is which, but we were trying to figure we were out. Trying to figure it out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Where's Tara? I don't know. Is that, uh, is that that crew? I don't know. Uh, anyway. Anyway. It's hard to see. Okay, guys. Thanks very much. If you like this video and you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, if you're on a podcast, like and give us a review or share it with someone you know. And uh, of course, you can sponsor us on patreon.com forward slash candle tales or, you know, just share it with a mate if you like it. That's all. You. <laughs>